When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 82, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Joining me on today's show is Paula Brown-Stafford and Lisa T. Grimes, co-authors of the book, Remember Who You Are, Achieve Success, Create Balance, Experience Fulfillment. It's the elusive trifecta that every working woman, whether in business or in a career, desperately seeks. Now, do you find yourself trying to be everything to everyone? Maybe it's just me. Do you run yourself ragged but still feel that something is missing? The struggle is real and all too common. And Paula and Lisa are two award-winning C-suite executives who together have accumulated more than 60 years of work experience at the highest levels, 60 years in marriage combined and raised four successful children. Collectively, they've managed more than 25 thousand employees globally. Now Paula recently retired as president clinical development at Quintilis IMS and Lisa has served as president and CEO of Perthread Technologies. Now although Paula and Lisa were fierce competitors 20 years ago they eventually formed a friendship and now as a team they speak to corporations and women's groups on a number of topics including complimenting not competing I love that packaging your potential and the juggling act. Now on today's show Paula and Lisa are going to share establishing credibility and following through will help you achieve greater success and they call it delivering X plus. Also finding balance requires prioritizing and juggling and sometimes even dropping a few things and I know that can be difficult for many of us women. Don't shortchange your needed me time. It's vital to grow your sanity and growth as well as adversity builds character. Embrace the opportunity to grow. Welcome to the show ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it, Anne-Marie. One of the things that I love about what you're doing uh, now is that previously, as we said in the introduction, you were competitors, fierce competitors, but now you've come together, you're collaborating and uh, just doing incredible work together. I think, you know, as business owners and also in the corporate space, collaboration, and I heard this once, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about this and we'll dive into to the areas of your book. Collaboration is the new competition. So rather than seeing other people in your industry as being competitors, unite you know, the best of what you both bring to the table and the results and things that you can offer are just in indescribable. Have you found that to be true too? 
I think yes. we definitely have that uh, our, the, the pieces alone are pretty good, but when we put them together, the whole is greater, greater than the pieces yes. as, we've, as we've all heard. And we, we think that uh, we, we bring that to the table ourselves as going from being competitors to now being complementers. Yes, absolutely. Now you talk about establishing credibility and follow through is going to help you achieve a greater level of success and you call it delivering X plus. Who, which one of you would like to dive in deeper into explaining what is delivering X plus because I think today in, in the competitive world there's a lot of noise out there uh, you know we're looking at how can we really stand out how can we make a real difference X plus it is who wants to to share more about what is X plus so this is Paula and I'll share a little bit about delivering X plus mm -hmm. and where that came from it's uh, one of the chapters in our book and it really came from where our, both of our beginnings and both of us started working at the ripe old age of 13. Mm -hmm. um, Lisa was in a, a nursery, um, an azalea nursery, and yes. I was um, working in a family restaurant waiting tables. And both of our families taught us that to, to get ahead, mm -hmm. it's not just doing what you're asked to do, but mm -hmm. it's doing what you're asked to do plus. Mm -hmm. So I, I always heard from my father, give 110% when mm -hmm. you're doing a job. And I just found that I differentiated myself from my peers when I gave that X plus 110%, that I differentiated myself, I was noticed in the workplace, and I was given other opportunities because you got noticed because you gave more than what was asked. You gave mm -hmm. more than what people expected. So we talk a lot about expectations and you definitely want to meet those expectations. But if you are going to exceed those expectations, then you're going to be giving X plus. Mm. Would you agree with that, Lisa? Is that been oh, true for you absolutely. too? Absolutely. I think that, you know, the words that's not in my job description or that's not my responsibility should should really never be uttered. So I think when you're asked to do something, it as Paula said, do it with gusto, do it and do a little bit extra. Mm. And people will notice and you will stand out. Yeah. One of the things that I think is brilliant in that is, you know, what can we do that will provide extra? Now I'm asking, I know I ask this question because there's some of us that will be thinking, okay, but then we'll run ourselves ragged into doing, trying to do too much. Can you give some examples? And I think examples are really great of maybe sometimes uh, when you were working as, you know, a young teenager or maybe even in the workplace, just a couple of things that really enabled you to deliver X plus. Yeah, no, that's great. Thanks for uh, prompting an example, because I think that it's easy to say it, but actually de Do delivering it. on it mm -hmm. um, and being noticed, because I, I often have told people that delivering X plus doesn't mean working if you live in a country that has 40 hour work weeks, it doesn't mean working 44 hours, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean giving extra time but it means going above and beyond on in your job. So I, I would say an example, um, you know, or in the early days of waitressing tables, um, you know, or you're to waitress the table, but are you to clean the table? Were you to bust the table? Um, that was usually someone else's job. But if you took that on, you did get noticed as doing a little extra. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would say when I got into my more formal workplace, it was you were asked to deliver um, data. So I'm a biostatistician by training, and you would be asked in the early days to provide um, data, a, a report um, and really the data, but it was taking that data and then summarizing it one step further mm. than what you were asked to do. So you can give the numbers and you can give the summary of the numbers, uh, the, the mean and the median, uh, et cetera, but what did it mean? So if you're able to say, hey, this you had outliers, we need to look at the outliers of the data. So you went by, beyond the scope of what you were asked to do. You were asked to present the data. Mm -hmm. You weren't asked to summarize the data. But if you know the next step is that somebody's going to be asking to summarize it, if you can go ahead and take that one little extra step because you know what the next is to be, you're not stepping on toes if you don't do the entire next job, mm. but just a little bit that that helps that next person in the process um, to to start ahead of where maybe they had to start. Yes. Right. I think a lot of it is showing initiative and I think that that's what it is because it isn't doubling your workload and mm. it isn't putting that burden of or stress. Oh, well, they asked me to do one, two, three, and I to do four, five, six. Mm. It is that extra. If you're asked to draft, write a draft report, we'll proof it. Mm. Don't just write a draft report because it's in a hurry and it's sloppy. Do the draft, but then make sure it's done. Or if your team is working on a project and you know that they're going to present and do a trial run to a larger audience, we'll have them do a trial run with you. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's just looking for little opportunities like that. And so often they don't get done. And I think that's why people stand out that do the 110%. Mm. And, you know, you might not be able to even something so simple to do it every time, but if you do it more than half the time, yes. you'll get noticed. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I'm, I'm glad. Thank you, ladies, for outlining some examples, because sometimes we can, okay, does that mean that I have to stay back? But it's looking for those. It's looking at opportunities. What is being left? What can I provide? Just take it a little step further to be able to really deliver that X plus. Lisa, maybe we can pop across to you now and talk about finding balance. It requires juggling, it requires prioritizing, but sometimes it requires us letting go of things. And this can often be a struggle for women who, you know, we think we can do it all. Yes, we can do it all, but sometimes it's not good for our health and our well-being. Share a little bit more about this. Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, I well, We talk about it a lot in the book, as you know, and we think a lot of it really is based on prioritization mm. and things that we value as our top priorities, we need to always focus on. Mm -hmm. So we need to, in our book, we do a juggling analogy. Those are crystal balls, our faith, our family, mm. careers or glass balls are things that if you drop, they're going to shatter and it's going to require a lot of effort to put them back together. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the other hand, a lot of women juggle false guilt or worry or, oh, how often do we rehearse? Man, I wish I had just answered that question more succinctly. And we replay it over and over and over and not just one or two times and mm -hmm. say, Paula, did you tell me how I could have done that better? Okay, good. I got it for next time. 
you rehearse it while you're cooking dinner or whatever you're doing. And that's kind of a lead ball. And it's a ball that we need to drop and we need to leave it on the floor. It, you know, doesn't mean we don't try to get better, but we don't need to just carry around false guilt too. Another example for working moms in particular, we might miss a child's play or a sporting event mm. because we have made a choice to have a career. Yes. Well, you know what? When you get to the next one, enjoy it. Or when your child gets home, you know, have a little celebration rather than moping around and carrying that guilt and not enjoying the moment. Right? Mm. Those are major priorities. Set them and then stick with them. You mm -hmm. you made some priorities for work sometimes that do uh, beat out the family in a you know one situation. Uh, I missed the five year old kindergarten graduation for my son, mm -hmm. but thankfully my husband was there with a camera and I could look at it later with my son and it celebrated when you got back. celebrated it when I got back and I didn't carry the guilt even though, yes, I do still talk about it, but I'm mm. not, I don't feel guilty that I wasn't there. It mm. was a choice that I had to make because of where I was in my career at the time. Yes. And, um, you know, had to make that choice. Well, and we both talk about different things in the book of there are things you miss when you travel a lot. And we both have traveled significantly internationally in mm. our careers and you miss things, but we took frequent flyer miles in two different ways. This was before we even became friends. This was what we were doing while we were still competitors, <laughs> but we used them to motivate our children. So our kids actually didn't mind when mommy traveled because they kind of got a reward. Yes, yes. And I think what you said is such a, a, a great insight for all of us. It's it's around not feeling guilty, but then also too, and this can often happen when we hear other women talking, you know, and it can be just a very casual conversation, but they don't realize that it's actually triggering. So were you, when you were speaking to other women that perhaps did not have the full-time careers that you've had, that can sometimes be judging, you know, what, what did you ever have that situation? <laughs> And what did you do? Because oh, I tell you, many women I speak to, it's kind of like, okay, I get focused and then someone says something and it triggers me off all over again. Uh, well, my trigger was when the neighborhood girls had a book club and they didn't even invite me to join <sighs> because they knew that I wouldn't You're too be busy. able to join because I was too busy. Mm. But it hurt. It hurt that I wasn't even invited and wasn't even able to say no myself, mm. but they knew that I had set boundaries and that I, when I, that I worked a lot. And when I was home, I was going to be home with the kids and I wasn't going to be coming to the events in the neighborhood unless my children were coming as well. So they did know the answer, mm -hmm. but um, it hurt not to be invited. So, you know, those, uh, that's one example. Yeah. And I do think that people, as you mentioned, they probably make the comment very innocently, but for those of us that do have careers, they do sting when you hear the little, well, we were all at the school party mm. and all the classroom moms and on and on and on. And I think it has to go back down to your knowing your purpose mm. and why why you're passionate about the path you have chosen, your priorities, and you just have to turn that record on. I yeah. think too often,
happen, the guilt record starts playing and then those triggers bring back, yeah, well, I missed that. Oh, I missed that. Well, I missed that too. Mm -hmm. And I think that the only way we stop doing it is to trigger the, you know what, I've made these priorities mm -hmm. and turn that record on. And, you know, habits can be created in three to six weeks, depending on whose research you believe, but mm -hmm. we all can create new habits. And I think it's really something that we have to force and it's something we've talked about. And I think the only other comment I would make on that, Amory, is having someone that you can talk to and just say, you know what, this hurt, this has mm. triggered me to like have my... Right hair on fire, yes. walk me yes. off the ledge. And so it's importance of having a career friend, having mm -hmm. someone that's walked a mile in your shoes who can say, you know what, I know that stings. Remember why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. So we were Love very that. fortunate to have met each other and to, to ha and be business partners and before that friends mm -hmm. so that we could compliment one another and, and not to compete and judge each yeah, other. Yeah, because I think that judgment and also too, I love the way Lisa that you mentioned about, you know, the flyer, frequent flyer points. You had a conversation with your children, bringing them on board. I mean, and, and sharing with them what you want to share so that they can realize that why you're doing this is going to impact them positively too. Because I know sometimes the kids, well, so-and-so's mother was at that recital or whatever it is. I don't know if you guys have experienced that too. I know mine have at times <laughs> yeah absolutely and well you're a great story on your frequent flyer miles we did them differently but yeah well can... I started giving my frequent flyer miles to the kids and I told them if they saved them up they could go anywhere in the world wow. so actually they chose Australia really? but then Steve Irwin passed away wow. and they said we can't go to Australia anymore and so we went to Antarctica and that was never on my list wow. I didn't ever want to go but it was mag magical. Oh. I'm glad that I went, but I only went because I made a deal with the children. It mm. goes back to expectations. You know, yes. I, I set the deal and I said, you can go, but you know, for about five years, they collected the miles. They looked mm -hmm. at the statements because at that time it wasn't even online. You got a hard copy and they would see how many miles. And then my husband would show them how many it would take to go somewhere. And, and it's like, hurry up, mom, go on another yeah, trip. Yeah, that's they, right. They go. for me to go away. <laughs> how far do you have to travel, mom, to get X amount of points? Because we need that many points. Yeah, yes. I love that. Great, great. Yeah. And again, as you said, it really is looking at your situation and it's what's how we tackle it at work. What what are some choices that we can make? Can we implement something differently? And when when we get our children on board, then it becomes fun for them too. And uh, I'm sure that as they're you know now adults, I'm sure use similar principles and probably look fondly back to you know the discussions around the table as to where can we go? How many points has Mum accumulated? Uh, I love that. Let's talk about not shortchanging the us time, the me time. It really is vital to sanity, our sanity and growth. And it's so sad when we hear whether we're in business or whether we're working in corporate, that people just get burnt out. They get physically ill because they're not taking time out to refresh and recuperate. Paula, let's start with you first. Well, I think that, um, yeah, we do have uh, some of that in the book where we talk about taking time for yourself, mm -hmm. taking time out, you know, for your families and your children, 
Um, it, it was just so important because if you just go, go, go all the time and, you know, a lot of women uh, talk about wearing the cape, uh, being superwoman, that, um, it, you know, it, it's just too hard to try to be that all the time. Mm. Um, you have to be true to your priorities and setting those priorities, as we talked about, those, those crystal and glass balls, um, setting those priorities um, and in doing so, setting time aside for vacations. Um, I, I think in the, in the U.S., we're pretty hard on ourselves about vacations. Lisa and I both um, have houses now in our older years at the coast. But um, we try to get away, and it's where we wrote a lot of the book was, you know, getting away from the hustle and the bustle um, of everyday, you know, emails. Um, Lisa has a great story. Um, early, pretty early in her career, she she protected her weekends um, mm. and did not do emails on Saturdays and Sundays. I've now got her doing them on Saturdays, but no Sundays. <laughs> but um, you know, it's setting some parameters for yourself that you know that you're going to step away from your career and you're going to focus on your family and you're going to focus on you. Mm. Um, whether that um, is for me, it wasn't going away on girls' weekends. Um, I never went on a girls' weekend. And I spoke to someone recently, and they said, oh, yeah, my wife goes twice a year, every year since we've been married. Hmm. I never went. It was a choice that I made early in the career that I'm not going to give that time. That's not the kind of time I need that, mm -hmm. that re-energizes me because I would have put false guilt on myself because I would have been felt guilty that I was in India this week. And then I came home and I went away for three days with my girlfriends and left yeah. my children for yet another three days. And that would have put too much guilt on myself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I just said early on, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. So she got the good end of that trade. I've now gotten her away for girls weekends and she has me doing emails on Saturday. I'm not sure that that's too fair. <laughs> But Lisa, I think if you look at times that you have taken off, you know, and that you really did set boundaries around your weekend, because you're refreshed and recuperated, when you get back to the office on Monday, you're far more productive. Your mind is, you know, firing on, on all cylinders, so to speak. And if we continue to work and stress ourselves out, we're just not operating um, optimally, are we? No, you're not. Mm. That's exactly right. Whether it's, you know, when my children were living at home when they were younger, I blocked from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. And if I was in town, I did not work during those hours because it was family time. And as I got older and realized I needed not only family time, I needed to block out a little me time because mm -hmm. I enjoy being with people and connecting people. So blocking out time for friends or blocking out time for something that was fun for me mm -hmm. was important. And I didn't need to feel guilty over it because it did refresh me. And I would be better at not only my career, but I would be a better mom too. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and it can be, and we talk about examples in the book, it might be a 15 minute break. It might mm -hmm. be sneaking out and eating dark chocolate that I have hidden that no one else <laughs> knows where it is, or it might be going to get my nails done or going to get a massage or just going for a walk for with a friend. You know, I mm. try to take care of myself health-wise as well. So it's a great time to catch up with a friend and get my steps in. Mm. So you 
do things like like that and make it work. And I think it does get you in a better perspective. It does. And it's so great to be able to reframe that because again, for many women, um, taking that time out can seem almost selfish, but actually, and we all know the, uh, the analogy of, you know, if a plane is about to come down and I'm sure you would have heard that on many of your travels, what does the, the stewards say to us is put your oxygen mask on first and then go and support others because we can't help others will be the best uh, if we're not looking after ourselves. Before before we move on to adversity builds character, one other analogy I heard was of a mum, a mom, as that you say in the US, who would say to her children, okay, when mummy says that she needs to time out, she really needs time out, but they didn't really understand that. So she, she used the example, you see this fruit bowl and every time you come in, you take a piece of fruit, every now and again, it, it gets empty. Guess what? You can't have any fruit. Well, mummy is like that with her energy. So if I say to you, mummy needs to refresh her fruit bowl, just give me five or ten minutes or whatever it was and then I will come back and I'll attend to your needs and anytime the kids um, you know were getting a little bit rowdy and she needed to take some time out she goes mummy's gonna you know replenish her fruit bowl and they knew instantly oh okay because they had the analogy of empty fruit bowl mummy needs rest and um, again it's reframing it's having the conversations it's setting those boundaries getting clear and then sticking with them is so uh, very important. Let's talk about adversity building character. Challenges and um, obstacles, we don't often really want to go through them. We try to avoid them. But really, if we are able to work through them, they really can build strength and resilience in us that can help catapult us further. Let's talk about that. Paula, perhaps you can share some insights or maybe even a story, an example. Yeah, I, um, you know, I think uh, Lisa has a really good story about the resilience and how uh, character was built and that we uh, highlight in the book and mine kind of comes second, but I'll start um, Mm -hmm. the conversation for sure, because um, this, the ABCs of self, we call it. Um, Mm -hmm. So adversity builds character and uh, is one of the chapters in the book. And we really do feel that that it is some of the hard times. It is through some of our experiences that helped us be stronger. And some of those experiences, some of mine were experiences with clients and customers and telling me and my team that we were arrogant Mm -hmm. um, and trying to know you were in sales and you had to sell these big projects and going back and building a team um, and around the adversity that was shared with us, um, around, uh, you know, how we were performing, mm-hmm. but there's a really personal story. And I really have to hand this one to Lisa because, oh. uh, she, she's got the, the adversity that builds all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll probably have a few more stories and I need, we have time to share, mm-hmm. but I do think as Paula said, it does build character when you let it, mm. if we look at it as a weight and we don't learn from it, then it doesn't. But um, probably the story you're referring to are my 23 23. job rejections after (laughs) pharmacy school and taking my pharmacy boards and passing them. It seemed logical that I should be able to get a job with a pharmaceutical company as a sales rep. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't logical to the first 22 companies that I talked to, and I was given a lot of different reasons for why it wasn't going to work. So I had to continue to find creative ways and did manage to land the 23rd. And 
had wow. was fortunate to have a successful career in that industry. Yes. But um, you have to take it not as a setback, but as what can you learn mm. from what you've been told because rejection's never fun. No. But it forces change, which is good yes. because we all are going to get faced with change mm -hmm. as long as we're alive. Yeah. And managing a large organization, some of the adversity you deal with is the adversity of others as well. Mm. So in a large corporation, you may have to restructure or they call it a, um, you know, a riff, uh, you know, right-sizing the company's reduction mm. in force. Uh, and as those happen, as a manager, it is is hard to take, um, if you will, think that you're taking someone's livelihood away, mm. that you're having to tell them mm. one day that uh, they are not going to be employed the next day. And those were some of the hardest times that I went through uh, as a leader of a large organization was every time I had to do that and, and trying to move from sympathy to empathy mm. and how I tried to use the opportunity because it was hard on me, but to help build others and try to help them see that the adversity that they were going to be going through was somehow going to make them stronger. But that, you know, it's a hard one to sell, but that was a, a lot of the adversity that I dealt with was seeing the, um, the, the character being built in other people, but how I could try to help do that um, mm. by by dealing with it in the right way and yes. again not being sympathetic but being empathetic yeah yeah I think you know in in the workplace as you know and I'm sure you've got lots of great examples in the workbook there are a lot of external but also internal pressures and what I'm hearing through the conversation today it really is a you know, surrounding yourself with supportive people, having someone who is like-minded, who you can go and speak to, but also how you set up that situation and what you're saying to yourself. Because I know as, as women, you you were able to reach that senior executive and you were in charge of a lot of, of people, that sometimes when you reach that, and I want you to speak about this as we close up the call, because one of the things that I'm hearing a lot of women talk about as they're even climbing the corporate ladder, is that they didn't feel that they were actually supported and sometimes by other women in the workplace. So what I'd love for you to just to share and, and, and whoever wants to jump in can jump in first. What were some of the things that you did? Is that something that you continue to see? And what can we do to, to shift that so that women can support other women um, in, in, in rising up the career ladder and not being afraid of seeing other women do successful and be successful in their careers? Well, I'll start. I, I think a lot of it is having the conversation mm -hmm. with other women. And I, I tried to start doing that. But I would say I started uh, later in my career mm -hmm. because earlier in my career, I was I was I was climbing. I was a bit insecure. So I was just looking out for myself and mm -hmm. my family and making sure that I was making the right career decisions. And you know, it took me a, a while. I was in my 40s before I really saw what I could help bring to other women and that we weren't complimenting each other mm -hmm. um, and that there was, you know, you know, girls can be mean um, and there was some meanness. Uh, so, you know, one thing I did was uh, in about 2010 was to start a women's initiative in our organization to bring women together. But we also had men on an advisory board to yes. start having the conversation about how women felt in our workplace. 
Um, but a few years later, I decided to do something different. I brought every, um, the senior women, it was 14 women in the organization I brought to my home. Mm. And I invited our CEO, who was a man, um, just to come and say a few words at the beginning, and then he left. Mm. Uh, and, and around the dinner table, I just, I started the conversation and we, I did a little game as well with flowers and, you know, with teams and trying to build teamwork. And then I just said, how are we going to support each other? Because the fact, you know, we say that it's the men's fault um, that we aren't somewhere, but I think some of us are that we are holding each other back by not supporting each other. Mm. And the nods around the table were huge. Mm. It was just, you know, we agree, we agree, we agree. But it, you know, it just took having a conversation, um, you know, to, to start moving us forward. Yeah. And I think, Anne Marie, the real genesis behind us writing, remember who you are was complimenting beats competing because we had felt so many claws come out, if you will, in our careers. And because of our age, we oftentimes felt, at least in our earlier careers, it was the, well, if only one or two women are going to rise, it was like, well, everybody was trying to keep all the other women down. Mm. And I think it just started a, a bad cycle. And if we talk about that and won't take up the time here, so I'm in the book, but I think that that is something that we have to reverse with things such as Paula talked about yes. that she did with her team and just being vocal about it and helping to encourage women to support other women mm -hmm. because men are much more supportive oh, oftentimes man. other men. Yes. But I think women look at it as well. It's only going to be me. Mm. and everybody else get out of the way and I think it's it's something that if you can show by example and Paula and I try to do that is it's just taking little steps and helping people kind of have that light bulb moment that you know what helping other women feels good yeah I love that and it's done full gone full circles to everything that you've said if you continue to deliver the x factor and and really x plus um and and that inner confidence I think Paula what you said was just so important when we have that inner confidence we're contributing and we're not doubting ourselves and 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 what the we have to offer the value then we can step out for you know forward and collaborate with other people lift them up too and and I would imagine that doing that, being someone who is supportive, who's open to collaborating, who has a kind word, that in itself is going to stand out. And you're going to be able to support people in delivering their best. So maybe that is someone's X plus is actually being the supporter, the nurturer. Hey, let's 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 work together, you know? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Your book, yeah. Look, it's been such a delight speaking with you today. Your book is is just full of golden nuggets, I think, and very important nuggets um, for all of us to, to learn and, and to share. What is the best way for people to find out more about the book and obviously get a copy? Where, where should they, they go? So our website, our company together is Haberjean.com, which is H-A-B-E-R-G-E-O-N.com and backslash book. And mm -hmm. you can learn all about the book and see connections to order the book. We're also on social media as Haberjean LLC. 
And so please visit us and uh, we'll also have a welcome page with you, Anne-Marie, with the Women in Leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll have that on our website and um, hopefully our, uh, our uh, followers will also start following you. Fantastic. And the book is available online at all the basic, all the online sellers. So Fantastic. remember who you are. Yes. And what we'll do is we'll put all of the links to your social media and uh, to, to your website on our show notes as well. As we were recording this, for those of you who are listening to the audio version of this recording, we recorded this on, on um, video as well, as well as streaming it live on Facebook. But come to the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneur.network.com forward slash WIL82, and you'll be able to click through uh, to, to the website. Thank you so much for coming on the show, ladies. Thank you for having us, Emory. We enjoyed our conversation very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Women in Leadership podcast, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>